Welcome to Table Flipping. I'm actress Taylor Mishak. And I'm writer Alyssa Littman. Join us as we sit down with guests to unpack how the fascinating, messy women of reality TV have shaped our lives. And of course, dish about Bravo, The Bachelor, and everything in between. Thanks Thanks for for listening. Alyssa, what's more important to you, sports being back or Brandy finally telling her story? I think sports being back <laughs> is probably more important because there's been such a long buildup. And I'm also convinced that any day they could get shut down again. And the mm. Brandy thing is in a vacuum, you know, like I knew. It but was also coming. such a long buildup. That's true. That's very true. But I don't. <laughs> and we can get into it. I don't know that I got any new info from this scene. It was just like a pleasure to watch. And Mm. sports is, like, constantly, like, new info stimulating my mind away from, like, the downfall of our democracy every day. (laughs) So that's, that's like, such a gift. And I will take that for as long as we can have it. I feel very (laughs) blessed. Um, The Dodgers crushed the Giants last night, which felt pretty good. Uh, And we signed Mookie Betts to, like, a million-year contract in L.A. because Boston's a bunch of dumbasses, I guess. (laughs) Anyway. Uh, very exciting. I think I'm my so current favorite name. What? Mookie? It's my current favorite name. Yeah. Like Mookie Betts. I love it. I love it. I love everything about him. And I'm very excited to see what he does for LA. I feel like there's going to be murals of him up in this city. Fuck yeah. Um, yeah. And then like I got to watch a Lakers scrimmage, which was super exciting. And LeBron and AD didn't play for the second half because they're resting. And they only lost by like four points, which is pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pumped. I'm I'm ready to like fucking murder every other city in the country. <laughs> Let's go. I knew that you would get hyped. Yeah. <laughs> um, how are you feeling? Is it nice to have, you know, sports back in your house? Oh yeah, for sure. It's very nice. Tony was very cute and like was just very excited to watch everything and then at one point had like took a little special occasion cigar outside and like watched the end of the game on his iPad Aww. by himself and I was like that guy's happy. That's Aww. a happy dude. But uh yeah, we're just very I'm happy to have also like the sounds back yes. in the house. Like it's so much of it would be just even having especially baseball where it's so long of just like having the announcers in the background and listening to it. And I'm like, oh, I've missed this. And knowing that other people are watching it. I think that's a part of it that's making me feel so happy. Like all of the, we've been watching so much TV, but we haven't watched something that we know millions of other people are watching at the same time in months. So it's nice to have it back. Yeah, for sure. Um, I hope all of the athletes are safe and uh, I'm a little scared for them, but it is nice to feel like you have something to look forward to and like you're part of a community because we're so mm -hmm. isolated right now. But yeah, exactly. We also have the community of reality TV and our podcast. So, you know, <laughs> <laughs> let's not count that out. All right. Let's get into it. Um, <laughs> OK, tell me what you think about woo. this whole Brandy situation. OK, so I felt while I agree with you that there wasn't any like mind blowing information, I was so like satisfied to just like get the like Brandy's side of the story out on the table and right. be like, OK, so this is what we're arguing about are these events. It's this like one makeout sesh and then this one hookup where after the fact she is, is accusing Denise of telling her to keep it a secret that Aaron would be really upset and kind of like gaslighting her. All the while, it's like in this scene that is like clearly so staged of like, what if Brandy just (laughs) pops in the house and says hi? Here's what I'll say of the whole of the whole scenario. I have no reason to like believe in anything or not believe anything. But I have a very specific theory that I believe, which is this. I I have a sneaking suspicion that. The events that Brandy said in between Denise and Brandy sexually were true. I just think that they are true. And that's just out of, you know, that's just my gut feeling. I think that these the the conversations that she has reported to recently have had with Denise where Denise calls um, Lisa Renna a liar and she's calling uh, Erica a cold bitch and all of these things that seems 
a hundred percent classic fabricated brandy bullshit to me and like a that she was worried that she would need you know a couple extra hooks or right. uh, something to spice up the story to actually get her back into the television show i just like it's very hard for me to believe that denise who plays everything so close to the chest would then try to just like shit talk the girls to brandy yeah especially after all of this happened and again in my world it did <laughs> Um, and I don't know why I just like watched the story and I, I was like, that's what I believe. I, I have no, it's not like I thought about it for a long time. It's just like, that's what rang true to me and what didn't. What do you think? Okay. So I think that Brandy doesn't, I don't, I think people have a problem with her, not because she's a liar, but because she plays dirty. So I agree mm. with you. I'm in the same boat where it's like, we've seen her bring up secrets before that end mm -hmm. up being true but people are pissed off that she took it to a certain level you know like mm -hmm. there's a better way to handle this kind of stuff and I totally agree and I could see Denise who we have seen kind of bad mouth people in scenes on the show in other uh -huh. cars or whatever I could see Denise thinking that this was a nice outlet because this woman had been on the show and didn't think it was going to be a problem and I think mm. the the part that puts brandy in a bad spot is like she's immediately not only saying that she was emotionally hurt by denise but she's immediately throwing her under the bus and like causing a huge issue between all of the women you know yeah. like it could have just been i don't know what do you guys think should i go talk to aaron because i was clearly given bad information and my gut yes. says I didn't I don't want to be the person who's hiding anything or lying. So how should I handle this? But she didn't make it about that. She made it about Denise is a fucking bitch who hates all of you. <laughs> you yeah. Know? Yeah. Like, she was like, you shouldn't trust her. And then yeah. led with just like gossip. And yeah. that's like, OK, fine. But then has what could be like a really real and serious, you know, incident or story, a thing that happened to her. And that could have just been the conversation. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's very curious. And then of course we have, which I think you would probably know more about than me, even though I've seen every episode of particularly this franchise, she, Brandy had accused, um, who Adrian. was it? Okay. Adrian. So this is kind of what I'm talking about. So okay. Adrian Maloof was on the first few seasons of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, she, her family used to own the Kings, which was very exciting to watch them go to a Kings-Laker game in, like, one of the first seasons. Yeah. She also owns, I think, the Palm. Uh, she owns a hotel in Las Vegas that has a basketball suite in it, which, which the full basketball court. It's pretty exciting. Fuck yeah. Um, so in one of the seasons where Brandy was on that Adrian was also on, she outed Adrian as having used a surrogate to give birth to her second children I think I, I'm not sure how many she might have twins I'm not sure how many kids she has but Adrian gave birth to one of her kids and then used a surrogate for the next couple kids and mm. the kids did not know that and the kids are like old enough that they could hear something at school and right. Adrian basically just said that on the show with no warning and 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 Adrian, or sorry, uh, Brandy said that on the show with no warning, essentially like outing that to everybody, including her kids who would hear mm. about it. And Adrian was mm. like, hey, that was a private family situation. Not that I'm ashamed of it, but I would like to handle it in my own way with my family. Um, yeah. I, so then, you know, Brandy had a series of events where she sort of went over the line quite a few times like that and then ended up not getting asked back to the show. Um I think the implication in that conversation between Adrian and Brandy, which was like a fucking train wreck. The one um, in this most recent episode, you mean? Yes. Yeah. Was that she said that was not my idea. And I think the implication was that Lisa Vanderpump put her up to that. Yeah, I thought the same thing. Um, and Brandy, a lot of people have gone back and watched Brandy's friendship with Lisa and watched Lisa sort of like pull the strings in their conversation and then watch Brandy like venture out on her own and tackle these issues and then get thrown under the bus by Lisa. Um, mm -hmm. So it's interesting because I don't I think Brandy it's a little bit like Chloe on Siesta Key, right? Like she's not saying anything that's untrue. 
but her mm-hmm. intentions are evil you know <laughs> like she yeah. is trying to start shit yeah, and and there's certainly a line I know we've talked about. I mean, in even regards to Denise, like you're listen, you're agreeing to be on this show, and there's only so much that you can control. Like you can only self-produce to a certain extent because the show is bigger than you. But every person still has a right to have like some particular family secrets or things that are incredibly private still remain private. So. Right. I could see also if this was, you know, this obviously became a pattern of Brandy's. If the rest of the cast is like, we can't function with like changing the rules in this way. Yeah. Like this is just like, I'm not going to be on the show if like everything is fair game because it's just not like we all have. We're all still human beings. And like the surrogate thing is so shitty. Um, And I thank you for explaining that because I also was like, I don't even remember if it was true or not. And I. I thought that, yeah, the conversation with Adrian and Brandy was so awkward. And it yeah. ended with Brandy being like, and I love you. I love you. And Adrian was like, well, have, you know, have, have a good night. Yeah. <laughs> it was so awkward. But I agree that there also is this like sort of, there's always been a layer of just like sadness or misunderstanding around Brandy yeah. where when I've been watching the show, I don't even, I've never fully been like, get her out of here. I always feel like she's not really acting alone. And in this case, I kind of feel like she does because like she's obviously coming in from the outside and and there isn't this like Lisa Vanderpump character to be like the puppeteer of what she's doing. But it does feel just it feels a little effortful and it feels yeah a little playing dirty like you're saying of just like pushing it a little too far I think it's both I think we're acutely aware that Brandy you know I'm not sure what the most recent update on this is but she's been very open about having a lot of financial problems she's like openly cried on Instagram about like how broke she was she's cried on cameos that she sends to people that you can watch online like it's a lot there's a lot of darkness there. So I don't I'm I'm not here to like make her out to be a villain for wanting to work, you know? Like if yeah. if one of yeah. the housewives is dumb enough to fuck up like that, you have to know she's going to come back on the show and talk about mm-hmm. it, especially if the tabloids are covering it, you know? Mm-hmm. So I don't I'm not really like you know, don't be thirsty and don't try to make money on the real housewives of yeah. Beverly Hills. I don't care about that. I just think the reason why people have a problem with this situation is like Kyle and Teddy are a little too ready to eat up all the shit talking outside of the actual situation that was hurtful to Brandy. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it was interesting seeing them get in the car and they were like, we've got something to tell you in the preview for next episode. Uh, We've got something to tell you. And they lead with the gossip. And then they're like, by the way, they had a torrid affair. And you're like, that's the most important piece of information. It's also not yours to share. It's very confusing what's going on. Um, But yeah, I've got no beef with Brandy coming back for sure. I just, it was weird to see. It felt very, you know, it felt like a really serious issue when she was describing the events that actually you know according to her happened between her and Denise and then and you know Kyle and Teddy are just like staring with these like you know intense faces and then they end with just like and by the way she said Erica's a bitch and then it's like oh well that really took the air out of the tires yeah Yeah. and she hates you guys I saw some people online saying that Brandy was like painting Denise as a sexual predator that's not what I took away from the situation obviously I give you wrong and if more information comes to light like we'll address it but to me, it's like, if you are doing this while you are filming, you must assume that you will have to address it on the show. The Adrian Maloof situation was, like, out of bounds because it was something private from her family, like, way before she was ever on this show. And it, it mm-hmm. had no relevance to the actual storyline. It was just to hurt people. This... Mm-hmm. Has rel- Like, if you are inviting Brandy up to your set to do a podcast and you guys both have been housewives, you know if you hook up, it's going to come out on the show. 
And you're going to have to talk about it. Yeah, I think Denise is like a very weird idea of what Real Housewives is. Yeah. It's, I think it's especially this season. Like I think the first season, I'm I'm starting to now realize that maybe a little bit of her not realizing what was going on and how things worked was actually really genuine. And yeah. I will say, I don't know if I've brought this up on the pod before, but we've talked about, yes. I think I have, that uh, both Denise and Brandy have the same agent and are repped at the same agency that yours truly is also repped at yes and I when I found that out and I like squealed and freaked for quite a while I was talking to my agent about it and was like what the fuck like what and it was just as Denise I think had joined the cast Mm -hmm. and he did say he was like yeah so she showed up to you know set her first day or to whatever was being shot whether it was like a lunch or a meal or something And she was like, okay, where are my lines? And they were like, no, there's no, there are no lines. And she was like, what? So she like showed up the first day, like fully thinking that there was uh, some sort of script or at least story. And then she like had this whole learning curve of being like, oh no, we're, we're just like, we're doing this. And then you make, you make the story from there. So I think now like she had that first season of like figuring it out and kind of staying out of the line of fire. And now this season is like, well, great. I'll just like continue to do that. And you're like, bitch, no, you're in it now. Like you're fucking (laughs) in it. You can't, you're not going to like stay on the sidelines. This is how the show works. So I don't know. Yikes. Yikes is right. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see. Also, I'm like, yikes, you guys are going to Italy right in the middle of the beginning of the pandemic, (laughs) I guess. And now I have to just watch you all touch your faces and stuff the whole next episode. It's so scary. It's just them starting everything. And us being like, no, 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 no. Don't do that. Um, Oh, man. What should we do? You want to talk about Roni? Yeah, let's talk about Roni. Oh, man. I just, the only thing I have about Roni is like Ramona is just out of control. I don't, it's just like a pure narcissist spinning out. Oh my God. Would you ever, I just like love imagining a party where you're like, Taylor, it's my birthday party. First of all, I just love imagining a party, period, right now. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Second of all, a party where you're like, Taylor, it's actually, it's my birthday. Um, Can you wear black? Everybody's wearing black, but me, I will be wearing red. It's like, what? It's Could insane. you imagine? And it's- I've asked people to do crazy sh- I've done, I did, what was it, two years ago? I did like, you've got to have lipstick and cleavage. That's my birthday. Oh, theme. right. But that's the opposite. <laughs> like, I feel like you tell people to wear black so they don't stand out. It's like a wedding. It's like only the bride can wear white, you know, which is right. like the most noticeable color. If you're making everyone wear black and then you're going to wear red or hot pink, like, obviously you want to stand out. I don't know. So I, I felt like this weird jealousy issue between Ramona and Leah is like so sad and transparent that she's just doesn't want anyone who's viewed as hotter than her to be around because her whole thing is like she's so hot even for her age and if she's around yeah. like all these like conservative old ladies which by the way was like very scary and very get out vibes um, yes obviously like Ramona can be like the fun like sort of tart for her age but yeah. if you bring Leah in then it like fucks up her whole thing and her ego is just like out of control basically and she flip flops Ramona but back and forth between like being the fun cool mom vibe and like leaning into that and trying to give Leah advice and making her reconnect with her actual mom and then flipping back to this just like really mean competitive Regina yeah. George spirited person and you're like just pick a lane you guys are like kind of cute if you just like lean into the mom vibe but you don't now it's so weird and competitive i thought leah's dress was really cool yeah it was beautiful <laughs> it was neat it was really cool she had yeah. like a nude bodysuit underneath what did she call it she was like it's form-fitting but not revealing yeah because it first seems like it's sheer but it's because there's a nude bodysuit. oh i was like so into it and again very jealous of like a party and an outfit i i also get you know I get bummed out and I mentioned this to you right before we started recording when 
especially on Roni, where there's like a lot of issues with drinking and a lot of issues with like people not getting over their past or just like things that are happening in their heart. And the cast will take turns just putting a spotlight on who they think is sad when they are all in fact a little sad. Mm-hmm. And then each episode is just like, well, we really think Sonia is, is going through some shit. And then they don't really fix it. They just no. like decide that that party, Sonia is the one that they're pitying. And then the next party will be like, well, we think Ramona is going through some shit. We pity her. And none Nothing really changes. And you're like, please, if you all really sat down soberly, you might be able to like unpack some real shit and help each other because you're not wrong in identifying these problems. You're just wrong in never fixing them. And you're being really catty about the way you talk about them. Uh, yeah, exactly. What did you think? I felt like Sonia getting on the table, I guess, in support of Leah and like in protest to Ramona being too uppity. I was like, we're witnessing a full mental breakdown. <laughs> like, what's happening? Oh yeah, in this scene? that was that was chaos. As much as so, they just like basically lose their shit in the middle of this, you know, a very expensive and intense party full of socialites with much get out vibes, like you said. Yeah, uh, and they lose their shit. And I couldn't help but sort of be on Ramona's side when she was like, get the producers. Like, I'm done. Like, this is like, you have to fucking stop. I was. I was. It's a hot take. But like, it was insane. And I was like, I get that you are. I don't know. I guess I'm a little wrong because it's it's she's agreeing to like have this shot and on the show and she knows what she's getting into. But also they seemed fully out of control it was like beyond (laughs) and I think that she just felt so overwhelmed and like really freaked and was like just get the producers like I need somebody on my side to get Sonia off of this table where she's breaking glass with her heels volunteer like gung-ho and all of these other people are here it was also (laughs) the whole party was so well lit It felt like it was in a weird hotel, like, banquet hall. So it felt even more bizarre or like they were on – there was, like, a show that they were putting on with their chaos. But, yeah, that's my hot take. I was like, get the – fucking rein it in, you guys. I don't understand what's happening. I think Leah (laughs) – First of all, I love that you're on Ramona's side. I was not expecting that. I think that's so funny. <laughs> that you're like, Ramona's like, I will quit this show right now. And you're like, I'm fully on her side. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She was just like, I feel like it started with her being like, just get the producers. Like, I need help. Like, they were just running around screaming, humping each other, breaking things. Which, like, of course you are to expect from the cast. But also, I think she just really, like, could not physically rein them in on her own. And was, like, looking to the crew like please someone help me and I was like yeah I would do the same thing she's like so upset that this place is being just ripped apart after her weird vampire party planner worked so hard on it (laughs) and like (laughs) so I get it her quitting the show is like such a joke it was very funny having like the last moment of the episode be her screaming like I will quit the fucking show and then it was like the preview for next week and she's in every single scene just like gossiping and eating it up it's like bitch that's yeah. so funny. I mean, I guess I understand that. Like, if you really thought you were going to show, like, or, you know, throw a proper birthday party with normal friends, and then this comes, uh, you know, in your midst, and Leah, Leah is just, like, jamming brownies in her mouth while she's, like, humping everyone. Um, <laughs> sure, that makes Ramona more favorable than I previously thought she was. Um, I guess that's, I guess I'm on your side. <laughs> hey, I don't like picking sides in this situation, but I'm on, I'm, I'm team Ramona for this. One. Wow. It was just too you know what I think it would have been better if there was um if there was like a real fight or event at that party leading up to it that felt eventful and like they were really making a case for something like Sonia showed up ready to fucking do that yeah and of course Ramona was like annoying and she was with all of her other friends and she was being uppity but I would much if I would be way more on the other girl's side if if like Ramona said something awful to them or did so disinvited them or something crazy it just seemed like they came ready to have a bad time and then destroyed her party and she was like what the fuck but I also love that I also love coming like Leah knew that she was getting under Ramona's skin with that dress like she knew that was like throwing the first punch you know and then they just mm, you're like right, you're right. were all jumping on the bandwagon I think they're just sick of this 
you know, being essentially moved to the second, the lower level, if you will, with Ramona's like important friend group of people who are all on like the boards of charities and probably Republicans as well. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, uh, I think that's an interesting take on her birthday for sure. I, the toast was so fun and cringeworthy when she's like, you know, I I've, I thought that I was really alone and I sold my, my apartment and I just uh, hit a real low point. But because of you ladies, all 50 of you ladies, <laughs> I have found the ability to love myself. And they all like started cheersing. It's the get out comparison is so funny because it was so creepy and homogenous and everybody looked exactly the same and it was terrifying they all looked like weird republican fembots like of of senior citizen virgins it was crazy that was one of those moments where i was like everyone is white in this room and it's scaring me (laughs) yes not great um speaking of uh, everyone is white in this room and it's scaring me siesta key Uh, whew. um, no, that's yes, Suki has uh, some non white people in the cast. It, yeah, I thank love goodness, if they could have some storylines, uh, other than filling out a W 2. But, but um, does anyone have storylines? Uh, <laughs> fair point, honestly, fair point. Uh, what I realize that I like about this show is not that there's any like unique plots or any plots at all in it, it's just the dumb fucking shit these people say to each other in each scene. Yeah. Like, Garrett was talking to his buddy about um, whether or not he could trust Kelsey. Uh, and wait, is it Kelsey or Amanda? I'm never going to remember their no, names. it's Kelsey. It's Kelsey. Okay. Yeah, Kelsey uh, and Garrett. And his buddy goes, um, if you trust her, bro, I trust her, dude. You just don't want to get hurt, you know? It's like, if you trust her, bro, I trust her, dude. What does that mean? Why do you have to trust her? <laughs> It doesn't make any sense. And I'm sure Garrett is just like slowly nodding and like really taking it all in while he's listening to his friends say that. That's the best part. It's like not only does this cast say the most like vapid, stupid shit, the person they're talking to is like a really active listener. Like the person is like just so into it. Yeah. Also, the voiceover, Juliet's voiceover, voiceover is supposed to be like, I wonder what will happen in this scene. This voiceover in this show is like, maybe Madison is just jealous because she wishes Alex knocked her up. And it's like, whoa, this is like a burn book voiceover. It is. Every time she talked about Madison this episode, she was like, Madison's been hanging out with Alyssa a lot lately, which is really fucking annoying. what and it's like just like the b-roll of like Alyssa and Madison like shopping and having a good time and it's like who let her record this voiceover it's so biased and insane it's the burn book voiceover I also felt so sad and weird speaking of Alyssa and Madison like shopping and Alyssa who also says everything with like kind of a weird smile which freaks me out it really (laughs) freaks me out that she like has no expression other than like a soft smile she was like yeah, you know, I just like I really don't want to get fat, and I was like, I- I'm sorry, what? This and is a woman like, who is pregnant, by the per- way. For people who don't watch the pregnant, show, pregnant, <laughs> pregnant. She's like, I just really don't want to get fat. And then Madison's like, Yeah, I know. Are you gonna be hiding it with sweatshirts and stuff? And Alyssa's like, Yeah, I think so. I just really don't want to like get frumpy or fat. You know how Alex is, like. Oh, I'm sorry, Alex, who knocked you up and it, you got you're pregnant and expecting. How do you what are you talking about? She was like, I caught Alex reading a book and Madison was like, oh, like what to expect when you're expecting. And she's like, no, it's a book about like what's going to happen to my body. <laughs> it's wild. It's wild to see people just like openly talk about that on camera and not realize like I know this is a controversial thing to say. They're just like, yeah, number one concern of pregnancy, not health of the baby, not not scary giving birth process getting no oh my god it's so fucked up it's uh man oh it's wild i love that show though it gives me such joy to just watch something so i know it's so it's a really nice entertaining stupidness it's great it's and it's so like colorful and like oh it's uh it's thank thank goodness bro you know i did catch brandon checking out amanda's ass when she arrived in that like velvet orange you know (sighs) homecoming dress to the friends giving so perhaps there's a storyline coming up with that since her and jj oh one of the other things i liked was jj said i said fuck you because i care probably (laughs) wait 
that's not okay. <laughs> I said fuck you because I care probably. Is that a shirt yet? That's so yeah. good. I said fuck you because I care probably. Oh, man. I love it. Oh, what, what did we do to really deserve good. that itty it? Ugh. Dumb, dumb, dumb uh, speaking of like pretty dumb, dumb, dumb shows, but we didn't realize how dumb it was. Our episode this week is about uh, Netflix's Indian matchmaking, which really took us on a roller coaster, didn't it? Yeah, we thought that it was going to be one way when we watched the first episode, and it turned out to be a completely different way. And we get into it in our interview with Broti Gupta, who we've had on the pod before to talk about Dance Moms. Fuck yeah. And uh, I say it weirdly in, in the interview, but like, you just, you could just listen to us. You don't have to watch the show <laughs> if you're bored. Yeah. It's uh, just, just, yeah, hang out, listen. It's a fun time. And, uh, Enjoy, everybody, and watch baseball this weekend and sports and have a fun time. Yes. Bye. I liked him, his profile. Very nice person who understands sense of humor. Oh. You know how I hate comedy. I've dated what my friends called the funny man, and it's never gone very far. Um, I usually don't find those people funny. Aparna has to compromise. We are so pumped to welcome back our very first recurring guest. You will remember her from our really fun uh, Dance Moms episode that we did a while back. We have hilarious TV writer Broti Gupta here to talk Indian matchmaking <laughs> on Netflix. If you guys haven't watched it, either just listen to this and don't watch it or... <laughs> Go watch it. But there'll be spoilers, <laughs> is all we're saying. Uh, it's a really fascinating show, rich with entertainment and problems. Uh, Broti, thank you so much for coming back. Thank you guys so much for having me. I'm so excited to be back. I reached out to you when I had seen a couple episodes of this, and I saw that you tweeted about it. And I was like, oh, Aparna, like, people think she's a villain, but she's so fun because she doesn't want to hang out with her husband all the time. Like, how <laughs> great to see a woman who's, like, doesn't give a fuck about what men think. And then the show took, like, an extremely dark, problematic turn <laughs> yeah. in almost every other instance besides that one matchmaking situation. Yeah, in, in truly every other instance. I, like, so I asked my mom if she had seen it and she like saw it pop up on Netflix so she started watching it and she was like so mad she was like first so mad that the show exists because she was like this is such a this is such a horrible representation of our culture like this is such a stain on our culture and then she got mad at me which <laughs> I was like I don't I was like, I don't have anything to do. She was like, well, you work in TV. This kind of thing is so pathetic. This whole, like, <gasps> fair skin thing is so pathetic. And I was like, and I was like, stop yelling at me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she's completely right. But also, it's not my fault. I yeah. didn't do it. <laughs> yeah, it's, um... I don't know. It was like shocking to see people just openly requesting someone with fair skin. And then the choice to leave that into the show is a wild one. You know, like at least I don't know. I don't know what's worse, like lying about it or like or editing and editing it out because it's like, OK, that's not great. Maybe we just don't uh, condone that or or being honest about it and being like, this is kind of a problem within the matchmaking situation. Yeah. That's the thing is, give that the villain edit. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I have to admit to you guys, I was so perplexed and like shocked by that being in the criteria the very first time it came up. My dumb ass was like, do they mean like they play by the rules? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly. It's all about, it's, it's all about justice. Yeah, I want someone, yeah, who's going to be uh, fair to both sides of our, yeah. I don't know, It's it was very perplexing. Um, okay, <laughs> I don't even know where to begin. I'm like a little confused about what the show's thesis is generally, because it seemed like it started out being like, 
We are against arranged marriage. We do matchmaking, which is much more consensual. You know, that's the thing is they keep trying to. So I would liken it to another hit Netflix show called Unsolved Mysteries. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Because simply this had no ending. (laughs) And this, I, I, it it felt like I, I would say that the last episode was probably like the best, um, the best sort of indication of what the series was, which was, um, you know, just a bunch of like various adults coming to different, like vague conclusions about their own lives. And then Seema randomly taking credit. for yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> um, before we were talking a little bit before about how the internet has been like Seema both says she's the number one matchmaker in Mumbai and also says she can't do anything if the stars aren't aligned. And it's like, well, which is it? Are you the best at this? And you, you are like have a knack <laughs> for people, you know, creating chemistry with each other or, are you just like reading horoscopes and being like, I have nothing to do with any of this and it's all predestined? Well, that's the thing is she can really spin whatever she wants. Yeah. <laughs> she, she like, I mean, she even says she's like, the matches are made in heaven and I am simply God's messenger. Yeah. And it's like, Bitch, you run a small business that you're kind of bad at. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, Taylor looked up that none of these people are together still. So she's very bad no. at it. Not a single couple. Wait, is not only not... So not only are none of the couples that she set up together, every single person who is profiled as of like two days ago when this article was published is single. So it's not oh even like, even you know. Actually? Oh my God, it didn't work out with the girl from Udaipur? No. <laughs> Akshay told the LA Times that a few days after the ceremony that was filmed in the finale of the show, there were, quote, some things which we found out that did not go down well with us, and I eventually called it off. <laughs> I do want someone just like my mother. I am very close to her, extremely close. Oh, my God. <laughs> that is so <laughs> devastating. That's like... Like, he's doing some kind of, like, rhythmic Morse code. Yes. <laughs> have us get him out of this. Um, do we want to talk about, I guess we can start from a place of, like, something about parents once your kids get older. And I think this is a universal thing. They start to worry that, like, when they die, no one will be able to take care of their kids. So they start to obsess about when you're going to get married. I think that's where a lot of this is coming from. Do you guys feel that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know that, like, I have been asked many times by both sides of parents uh, on, you know, my side of the family and Mike's side of the family, like, what's the deal? And like, when, how can we speed this up sort of, but to do that to a 25 year old, especially, and not to be sexist, a 25 year old dude is like, yeah, it seems like a lot. (laughs) Like, But this, this is also in a situation where those parents and like in this example, like Akshay's parents, take so much care of him that even when he is on one of his like dates his matchmaking dates uh he's like well i i can't do the things that my mother does for me so he also acknowledges that he's kind of being handed off from one like supervising parent to what is hopefully (laughs) going to be like a supervising like running the home and running parts of his like partner that's the thing i wish they would just come out and say like we need you to be adopted by a young woman. (laughs) (laughs) I also was like, is anyone allowed to do this if they're not heterosexual? Like, we're not addressing that at all. (laughs) I mean, Pradhuman in the beginning, Pradhuman is definitely, like, they're not looking for a wife for him. They're looking for a beard. He (laughs) is definitely, I mean, he is... uh, for sure, I feel like that that's like a lot of the arranged marriage thing is that there's like no even like consideration, obviously, of right. any like non-heterosexual couple. Yeah, it's uh... yeah. well, there certainly wasn't even progressive thinking when it came to like if you were a single parent or a divorcee. Yeah. So I think that anybody being yeah homosexual would be a little bit more than Seema could chew at this point. Like yeah. <laughs> 
How did you guys feel about, I know that Alyssa and I texted a little bit about, especially her introduction, but Nadia, I was like, oh I will marry Nadia. Yeah, like, I love who Nadia. I Nadia deserves, here, okay, I think that Nadia should have her own reality show. It should be called Unapologetically Nadia, oh. because that's just who she is. Yes. <laughs> I think she's just herself, and she's just so happy, and we should protect her at all costs. Yes. Mm-hmm. I loved watching her dance. She's so beautiful and tall, and I, I just was like, I, I don't know. If this is if she can't make it work, like what hope is there for anybody? I will say that it <laughs> exactly. came out a few days ago that Vinny, remember the guy who kept ghosting her? Yes. He said that he didn't ghost her and that that was something like that she started ghosting him and that (gasps) the scene with the friends where he didn't come was fake. And so he was like, I'm really upset about how I was portrayed on the show because I was actually ghosted and I was left really confused. And then I watched this show and I was like, oh, my God. So (gasps) who's to say that's true or not? But like crazy. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. She was such a catch. Wow, I'm sad that because I was rooting for her and Vinay. I really mm-hmm. was. Mm-hmm. God, that's it. Yeah, they both hated ketchup. That seemed like such a huge they moment. Hated- <laughs> yeah, that seemed and that seemed really important to them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um it's yeah, I don't know. It's crazy. It's the whole the the idea of her being Guyanese too and not really being Indian was very interesting. Uh, a lot of people, from what I read, seemed to think that that was like kind of just racist that people were having an issue with that. I'm not well versed in in that idea, but it's seems- yeah. No, I mean it. It it definitely like everything that is basically like this show is like another vestige of uh of like colonial India. Uh huh. Like it it truly is just like a reflection. Of how like fucked colonizing India was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Her describing the history of it all, I was like, oh fuck, that sucks a lot. And the, she, yeah. she's still like paying the price for it by like apologizing for it to other people. Like, yeah, this is so so deeply deeply messed up. Yeah, for sure. I think it's interesting to me because we talk so much about you know how we love the problematic parts of reality shows, and so. Obviously, like, I'm not the person who's going to look for an education from a reality show on, like, the state of arranged marriage in India. Like, that's not what I was looking to get out of the show. And obviously, like, when we watch The Housewives, there's, like, certainly problematic things in Real Housewives of New Jersey. There's certainly problematic things in Potomac, like, all of that. So I'm, like... I can't, it's hard for me to calibrate because this show seemed to be masquerading like it was more highbrow than that. So it's Mm -hmm. hard for me to understand like what is fun reality moments that are like dramatic and what is just straight up like this is fucked up and should have never been like given a pedestal on television, you know? Well, Mm -hmm. I I mean, I think that a lot of, like the issue is that here the audience is, America you know like the audience is just innately another culture so like the framing of it to like sell you this show and like from the get-go is pretty much like here's a look into our culture and I think that that pisses my parents off so much yeah that totally makes sense (laughs) yeah understandably this is really they were just like this is so pathetic and stupid and why are you watching this and I was like, because it's really funny. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's funny and I'm tired. Yeah. I've already read books. Yeah. I'm done I've with that. all the books. I've, I've got to do books. this. Yeah. I have to admit that my favorite, favorite part of pretty much every episode was the the listing off yes. of the requirements yeah. to, to yes. Seema uh, about what they were looking for. And no matter who it was, they would very matter-of-factly at the very top of the list be like, you know, um, they should really be a good person. 
And then she would nod her head and be like, okay, good person. And would like write it down. And then when she would like come back with the, what did she call them? Like bio data where she would come back yeah. with like the profiles of the eligible matches. She would be like, okay, so this I, I think is actually a really good match for you. They are a good person. And then the client again would like nod their head and be like, okay, good. So this is a good person. Okay. Got it. Understood. Good person. Like they would, every that single is, person. And I right. got That's such so a funny. kick out of it. Like, that is so funny. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I like would it. love. I would love if like someone said, like, first of all, I want a good person, and then you just like watched her like tear apart yeah. four different pieces of paper. <laughs> yeah. Furiously crossing out half her options. Okay, well. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, you watch like, her just like put an X through Mark Wahlberg's face. Yeah. <laughs> it's also one of those things where like she's straight up asking like what's most important, what are the most important qualifications as I'm narrowing people down? And I think like Nadia was a perfect example of this where she would be like, I want them to be tall, but it's okay if they're short too. I want them to be, because she, you can hear yourself sounding too demanding or sounding yeah. unreasonable. And then mm-hmm. the, the people who are making the show would straight up like make a joke out of her demands, but th- because they would like cross it out and redo it and it would basically be nothing at the end of it. But then they would also make fun of people like Aparna who were like, must know Bolivian salt flats, like all of those <laughs> kinds of things. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> It's like you just couldn't, you really couldn't you win really no matter can't what you did. Win. No, you <laughs> really cannot win. Is there truly a better moment than Aparna saying she hates comedy? That is so funny. That is genuinely so funny where she was like, why would you ever want to be with a funny person? <laughs> it's like, and, and truly every single day that Greg has to live with me, I understand that. <laughs> I mean, I Greg is, loved... like, technically funnier than me, but it's also, no. but he has to deal, thank you so much, he does have <laughs> to, he has to deal with, like, antics from me. <laughs> to that, I say, is Greg the first recurring guest on Table Flipping? I think not. Wow, so... you, you are right. <laughs> In fact, Greg. Greg came on this podcast, and he talked about Last Chance You and straight up started talking about murder, and then was like, I think I ruined the podcast, <laughs> so who's funnier, <laughs> honestly? <laughs> And then he started crying. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I really liked um, Yasser. Is that how you pronounce his name? Yeah, Yasser. Uh, I really liked him. He was so nice. He just seemed like a camp counselor. Yeah, for sure. And it's it kind of made me sad that he it seemed like he felt like he needed to be ashamed of the fact that his dad was like a total asshole who ended up in jail multiple times for violence against women and he continued his life and like made himself into like a really wonderful respectable guy who who is very caring and like has a wonderful career it seems like yeah it's like why is that uh, uh, it sucks that that's a deterring factor for him and he didn't make any choices to end up there you know uh, it was a bummer to me for Yasser too that like he was so like shamed about his family history and then the like value that that placed on him as a partner when his family was incredibly close like we saw them on a date where they where both of the families came and like met each other and it, he seemed really close with his mother and his siblings and like uh, that they were way more functional than my family and yeah. I was like this is like I feel yeah. like I would identify you as somebody with in fact a you know obviously this like kind of dark story and this like complicated issue in a family that as a whole is actually very healthy and very loving and I'd be happy to marry into that like that's so much more important but he was like leading with the other foot and that made me feel so bad I was like you guys are like way better than mine like I'm sure Tony would rather have that family than this one believe me it's crazy (laughs) but I felt so bad yeah no exactly I mean he that's that's where I'll say like his family was so good. Like, you want to be part of that family. Yeah. Yeah. You want to be part of a family that, like, I don't know, overcomes something and becomes closer and also works in public education. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he was, like, technically the best, purest person on the show. Yeah. I, I did think it was Nadia, but now I'm, now I'm second guessing. Even the face reader would agree with you. 
the face yeah. reader was like, this is a very good person who makes people laugh and makes them happy. And I was like, okay, yeah, we all reader. know that face reader. Face reader is also really bad at his job. <laughs> I feel like uh, Seema would just like hand the face reader a picture of her clients who were difficult and she would like raise an eyebrow. Yeah. And then he would be like, this person is very stubborn. You, There's no way you can help them. And then there would be another picture of her clients that were like, everything was going well. And she would hand the photos over and just like give him a warm smile. And then the yeah. face reader would be like, this is going <laughs> yeah. well. This is perfect. Yeah. This is like really great. And she was like, see, the face reader knows all. And I was like, what? Also, the pictures were like these really flattering, like the Facebook profile version of this person. Like sometimes their face was even like turned profile. And yeah. like, this is all I need. This is it. I will tell you everything about this personality. <laughs> we didn't watch was Seema like texting the face reader everything he needs to know immediately <laughs> I did enjoy like when people tried to come at Seema like Aparna did this a little bit in the beginning when she went on one date and it didn't go very well and she, they tried to be like um maybe do better next time and Seema would be like this is on you uh girl like what I don't <laughs> yeah. you know but you know what honestly Aparna's right I Justice for Aparna. That yeah. was Seema's job. Yeah, and that was then, Seema's one job. Don't you think that Aparna? I was telling Alyssa this earlier. Like, I feel like Aparna did have a very cool, like, growth moment in the show of just like changing her attitude a little yeah. bit, and then the show and Seema edited it to make it seem like Seema completely changed like the neurological makeup of Aparna and was like see look at all this growth that you've done after you've been my client and it was like no Aparna was annoyed with you and the dates she was going on and like it sounds like the also the guy who came and read her astrology like had the most influence on her um so she did make these changes but they were very much like from within and I hated the edits that were like look at how all of this growth she's done I was like yeah she did but because of her own attitude and like self-reflection like not anything to do with you Seema yeah stop it and also because you guys like relaxed on the villain edit yeah 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 a hundred percent she was so cute during the goat yoga. I was like, this oh, is very likable. I love this. <laughs> I know. She was so cute during the goat yoga. I understand why the two little goats went to her. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, so I, a couple of uh, personal stories okay. about um, my, like, history with relationships is that when I was, like, author at high school, I had an Indian boyfriend who was, like, from India. He was born there um, and then moved around when he was a kid um, and then, like, ended up in Cincinnati. And his mom was, like, very much like Breathy. Like, she was, mm -hmm. like, very – He. it was just – it was, like, really alarming. There was, like, one, I guess, quote-unquote, whatever a date looks like when you're 15 where I, like, went over to his house and, like – I watched him have a fight with his mom about not finishing his milk. And I was like, there could be nothing, there could be nothing less sexy than what's happening right now. Wow. <laughs> like it was so alarming. But I remember one time, like his mom told my dad um, that like she, w she wanted to take a day to like teach me proper like cooking like proper cooking for a family oh and my like God. my dad just like didn't comprehend that this was like a like a you know creepy marriage sort of thing my mom was like immediately mad about it but then my dad was like I don't really like her near a stove because I had like <laughs> recently accidentally lit something on fire <laughs> but my dad was like yeah I don't really like her like near a stove or anything so I think we're gonna like hold off until wow. she like lives on her own <laughs> That's really good. Um, but yeah. So that was like my parents situation with it. Um and then um so I went to India this past winter. Um and I I don't have any grandparents left, but I do my uh, mom's mom's older sister is still alive. And so she like um she had me like come to her room at a certain point and she was like I know about the news. And I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and she was like, I know about the news because someone had shown her a Facebook picture of me and Greg in oh. Indian clothing. <laughs> so she was like, you're engaged oh, now. No. And oh. I did 
did not have the heart to tell this like 90 year old woman that I'm not engaged and so I was like yeah okay (laughs) I was like sure we'll go with this and then she was like I looked at his face and he will be very nice to you (laughs) oh that's a face reader that's a fierce face reader I'm down with that (laughs) yeah she was like he will be nice to you but beware the farts Oh my there will God. be a plenty. <laughs> they will be open and a plenty. No, she didn't say that, but <laughs> but she but she was like, his face is very nice, and she was Aww. like, I'm happy with this, and I was like, all right. <laughs> I don't know that oh you really God. had a say in this, but whatever. Your That's very sweet. older sister. <laughs> Mike and That's I were so talking cute. about how, like, if you had to describe. Like, love is just not like this. You don't describe what you want on a piece of paper and then they someone goes out and finds it for you. You, like, grow with the person and they surprise you yeah. and whatever. And so Mike was like, I think you should make um, Broti describe, like, Greg, reverse matchmake him, basically. I absolutely want to write his bio data. Yeah. <laughs> I will absolutely be writing his bio data. I think that Greg should be the next Indian matchmaker. Yeah. I think that would be – I laugh. I, I got really stoned before I watched any of it. And so I laughed to myself for like 25 minutes thinking about next season where Greg is all of a sudden the Indian matchmaker. <laughs> <laughs> I keep pitching it to him and he was like, yeah, I'd probably do it by height. <laughs> I love that. Anytime there Greg, was. Great as Seema. And anytime there was somebody like on the show that like there's like somebody's sister had like a non-Indian husband named Andrew Mm -hmm. and it was like Andrew gets no lines. (laughs) Yeah, Andrew is silent. Well, that's like I also I mean, my favorite is Aparna's sister's um, husband, Darren. Right. He's just completely silent. He's this bald (laughs) white guy. And it just like, but, but we like give him a name card for some reason. (laughs) It's amazing. He has no power, no lines, no nothing. No power. (laughs) I thought, did you guys change any of the way that you felt about uh, Aparna's mom after they gave her backstory after a few episodes? So they, they like introduced Aparna's mom as like very much like hands-on sort of controlling. Even Seema was like, okay, clearly the only way that we're going to be able to successfully match Aparna is by successfully matching basically Aparna's mom. And like Seema kind of threw her under the bus. And then a few episodes later, they showed like that she had to like, she got a divorce when the kids were really, really young. And like, she was just super overprotective of them because of all of these challenges that she overcame as a single mother. And I was like, oh, fuck yeah. This like makes so much more sense. They're still like weirdly close and she's a little too hands on. But the I feel like her backstory and everything made me a lot more like just empathetic of like her journey. But she still got like kind of a harsh edit and Seema would kind of like roll her eyes at her. But and then the mothers who were similar with sons, Seema would not have that same attitude. Am I wrong? Did you know? You're absolutely right. Because it would be like for the girl's mother, it would be like she is so stubborn. Like, this is mm-hmm. her thing. She is so stubborn. And then for fucking Preeti, it was like, oh, look at how cute and funny this is. I think that it would be a disservice to, like, exclude the colorism and casteism, which is, like, still so pervasive and disgusting and, like, such a, again, a, just, like, a stain on the culture. Yeah. Um, but they were trying to sell it to us. <laughs> like, don't yeah. sell that to us. Like, Mm -hmm. that sucks. I mean, that's what, like, my mom was telling me about, because my mom went through that kind of a process before she met my dad. And, like, my my dad is just, like, a very wholesome, very nice man who is just, like, you know, he's, like, a little bit of a space cadet, but, like, he just likes babies and dogs, and that's kind of it. (laughs) But, like, my, my mom was, like, I can't, like, she saw 15 minutes of this show and was, like, I cannot believe I went through any of that. Aww, she like yeah. talked about how like when we were little, she like my parents like took us to India and one of our relatives was like, Your your daughters are American. Why are they so dark? <gasps> and both my parents were like, Because we're dark. Yeah. <laughs> and then and genetically that that's what's gonna happen. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's 
shitty. I I've, I haven't really talked about this that much, and it's not on the same level, but I similarly, my, my mom's side of the family is Filipino, and my dad's side of the family is, like, Russian, Ashkenazi, Jewish. And so all my female cousins are, you know, white and blonde. And when I was born, I had very dark skin and very dark hair. And my grandmother on my dad's side of the family asked my mom, why is she so dark? Like implying that I wasn't my dad's kid. (laughs) Oh my God. Isn't that crazy? It's like, that is crazy. It's crazy to have that within your own family, you know, like, I don't know. That's a, it's just not, I, we should just be past that at this point, but I guess we're yeah. totally not because, like, no. You know. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing, though, is like colonialism is going to last us for another like hundreds of years. Yeah, like we're so we're so deeply still entrenched in that. Yeah, Jesus, that's yeah, it's just fucked. And I think the answer is on this show. Somebody should have been like, yeah, that's unacceptable. Like, we don't that that's let's have a discussion about that. I think you're limiting yourself in like a really you know, disgusting way, you know? Mm-hmm. Or at least explain, like, yeah, this this is part of, like, this is still an aspect of this culture, and it sucks, but this is still mm-hmm. an aspect of the culture, you know? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I, I do think that we should, like, be held accountable for it. Like, there's so much, I mean, it, it does really, it, it comes down to, like, anti-Blackness in our culture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, that, I think that we should be, very much like held accountable for and not not like nobody should just like look past it you know yeah for sure and I think especially if you're premiering a show right now like where we're constantly talking about this like maybe when you made the show I mean even so it still seems like pretty poor taste but if you know that the show is going to premiere now like perhaps you should like re-edit something and put a statement in there you know yeah like they do with the Looney Tunes yeah or like on Disney Plus everything's like oh there are outdated depictions of like you know whatever of this thing that happened in 2019 yeah exactly (laughs) that's I will say that um oh also another thing that I did want to say was that the like the you know the difference between like overcoming a father who like continually continuously wants to kill his Mm ex-wives was another thing that I found very similar (laughs) with unsolved mysteries here's the thing I'm watching two shows right now (laughs) there's never there's never been like an instance where it's like oh something weird has happened to a woman let's immediately rule out the husband (laughs) (laughs) yes which is why i'm like go aparna's mom you are you are the queen of the matchmaking situation vet those motherfuckers like make sure you know woman who has watched unsolved mysteries yes (laughs) that is a woman who has watched episode two of unsolved mysteries where they're like this woman has disappeared and then the the husband Ron is immediately like, "Oh, I hated her son. Also, I changed all the locks after she went missing. Also, I've collected her bones." <laughs> I want you to pitch a show called "Solved Mysteries with Bro T," and it's just the husband did it, the boyfriend did it every yeah. time. <laughs> exactly. It is. It is so funny that it. Every single episode of that show. Do you like that I'm shifting this podcast over to talking about Unsolved Mysteries, by the way? <laughs> I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Every I'm the girl episode. that's watching every single one. And when it ends Unsolved, I'm like, what? You're telling me they didn't solve it? That's every it's time so, I've watched it. <laughs> well, it's also additionally like a thing that's so funny about the end of Unsolved Mysteries that is similar, I think, to Indian matchmaking, is that they're like, they're, there's like all of a sudden a title page that's like, I don't know if you have any leads, let us know. <laughs> <laughs> like, don't end it there. Don't don't be like, I don't know. That's all we got. <laughs> what do you know? <laughs> Love it. I also, I just have to say that Seema, like, you know, calling herself the number one matchmaker in Mumbai is very much when, like, you know, you go to a deli and it's like world famous Agora's famous <laughs> deli, and it's like mm-hmm. uh, famous to whom and which world are you speaking of, and what qualifications were considered when giving the, yourself this title? You know, 
There's just no evidence of it. <laughs> that is the, it, it, yeah, it's very much like when a restaurant is called great food. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little, she is like the, the Michael Jordan of the last dance of this show. Like her <laughs> yeah. fingerprints are all over how this story was told. She has she's just like another 100%. day in the life of my 24 seven job of being the greatest of all time. With no <laughs> yeah. gambling issues whatsoever. Okay. <laughs> We're just coming off of six hours of her being exclusively bad at it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, this was very delightful and eye-opening. And thank you for uh, coming on and helping us unpack this show that we got, I feel like, way over our heads with. And I hope that we, you know, I'm so sorry, first of all, if I genuinely, if I mispronounced anybody's name, I'm very sorry. And I didn't mean to do that. No, you guys did great. And, you guys did um, great with all of the name pronunciation. We're trying. Yeah. <laughs> um, Brothy, where can people find you on Twitter? Because you're very funny and you tweet about stuff like this. Um, I do tweet about stuff like this. I'm constantly tweeting. It sucks. Um, I took a week off tweeting like last month and it didn't go well. I immediately made like a another account for my dog so that I could keep stalking the people I hated. So I just went back on. Anyway, I'm at Brothy Gupta, so B R O T I G U P T A. Perfect. Um, and my Twitter and the just dog sucks, account. I'm sorry. The dog account is at Nico underscore is underscore good. He is very okay, good. I can, he is good. I can, I've never met him, but I do look at a lot of Instagram stories about him, and he's very good. Aww. The other day I got very, like, I had, like, a horrible stomach situation, and uh, Nico started petting my stomach, Aww. which I was like, the power dynamic has shifted between <laughs> When you were looking for a dog, were you like, I'm just looking for a good dog? And then the dog shelter was like, okay, so a good dog. Okay, I will give you a good dog. Yeah, I was like, I'm looking for, I'm looking for a fair dog. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Oh, boy. Wow. Oh, man. <laughs> We're nailing it, you guys. Uh, thank you so much, Froti. This thank was so fun. And so uh, fun. tell Greg no hard feelings for not having him back. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let him know. I'll, I'm very excited to let him know. <laughs> okay. Bye, you guys. Till next time. Till our next weird till show. Our next, till our next show. <laughs> bye. Bye. Bye.